Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, friends. I'm Ashley Kramer. And I'm Brittany Labby. And this is More Than a Season podcast. With the help of men and women across all sports and levels, we dive deep into the highs and lows of the sports industry. No topic is off limits as we discuss the struggles and stereotypes while celebrating the successes and community that comes with this lifestyle. So whether you're a coach's or athlete's significant other or just enjoy talking about sports, you are welcome here. Let's take a look beyond the season and get started with today's episode. Hey, MTS listeners. This is Ashley. And Brittany. And we are back for another fun week. We've both been working on our events. It feels kind of nice, doesn't it? Yeah, it's so nice to have events back. Hopefully they stay back. Yeah, you know, I really started to appreciate my job, especially with COVID, because I didn't even put two and two together until it hit like our industry of how like COVID impacted everything. And so now it is like probably like how you are too. Like everyone's trying to make up for lost time. So they're like slamming with business and ideas. Yeah. It's crazy. There's a ton of like weddings and stuff going on too. I'm sure if you're listening, maybe you've been to a bunch of weddings this year or next year, like people are just packing those weddings in. Like there's a million people getting married in the next couple of years. Like when I've been planning recently, it's kind of confusing because every state has their own thing going on. So you don't know if, if you can have masks or if you can have like, no master if you can have six people and so it has been crazy trying to figure that out I feel like we kind of went backwards a little bit we did unfortunately yeah I have a friend who's getting married in Hawaii this October and they just changed all of the restrictions in Hawaii and now it's only gatherings up to 10 people and I guess it it excludes weddings which is really weird like what's the point but I think the the point is that people in Hawaii are the people that are getting COVID the people that live there (laughs) not people yeah. coming in. So they're trying to protect those people from doing mass gatherings, which is it's just so crazy that we're still in this. Okay. I am like 80 years old. I love waking up and like having coffee and like reading the news. I, I don't really like watching the news. I like reading it. So I, if I could totally have the paper delivered to my front door, <laughs> I would, but I was reading about like New Zealand completely shut down because they found one case and that just blew my mind. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long time, but I'm excited that events are hopefully happening and football is back to full capacity this fall, which is going to be crazy. Yeah, I feel like last year was just kind of our stepping stone for what we're about to experience. Yeah, and Brittany and I, we really like, I'm sure if y'all have been following along for a while, you know that we like to dress up for games, nothing crazy, but we like to, you know, put on a little fun stuff. So we're going to start putting together some outfits and things like that for game day. But before Brittany and I were talking and we were talking about events and work and everything like that, and we both have just had some crazy stories with events that we are dying to share. And recently I got an email from one of the people going on uh, this trip and these trips are won by like the top performers of whatever program it is. They always get to go. And the guy emails me and he says, Hey, you know, last minute change. I need you to delete and remove all of my guest information And I want you to send me like a clean 
registration link so that I can redo all this. And so it's kind of weird to me because usually when something like that happens, you just take the emailed information and swap it out. But mm -hmm. it was very odd. And so anyway, I start asking more questions, more questions. And he's like, you know, it's just been a really rough, <laughs> rough time in my household. And I, I finally put the two and two together and it was, I was removing the mistress email and information and putting in the wife's information. <laughs> it's not mind blowing, but I was just like, I'm so nervous to mess up for this guy because not only if I send an email to the wrong person or if I CC somebody or like don't delete some of the information, like both women will get that sent to them <laughs> through our system. Well, maybe he, maybe they deserve to find out. I know, like I just like accidentally, ooping, like hit send. <laughs> Have you seen that on TikTok? Like all of these people that are calling out, like if they go to somewhere out and they see a bachelor party and then the, they see that the bachelor is like hooking up with someone, they literally are calling people out like whose man is this? He's oh. hooking up with someone on his bachelor party. No, I haven't yeah, seen that. I've seen so many like that lately. Maybe that's just my for you page. I don't know. No, <laughs> no, I, I literally was just like kind of blown away. Cause I was like, this trip has been like for work. So people that you work with, like, yeah, they're holding that secret, right? Yeah. That secret of it all. So yeah. When I used to work at the country club, it used to be like a really weird, like membership type of thing. And I wasn't in membership. I was in events, but it was really close to their membership director. And she'd be like, yeah, like you can't. You can't say anything because like we would get calls from like wives like is my husband there? He would just like say he's going to work and come to the country club and like drink and golf. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so we're oh. like the middlemen of that. And then also same thing like where people are like separated. They add their mistress to their account so that they could come in or like the mistress. Oh, it's just been it's like so much drama when you're involved in that. And you're like, I don't think I get paid enough to yeah. do this. And you're <laughs> You're trying to be professional, but you're like, yes, ma'am, your husband is drunk here sitting yes. in the chair or whatever. I don't even know how you answer. We had that. I was at an event in New York and this couple that was on the trip, they got in like a, a fight mm -hmm. and like a physical fight. And we're at the four seasons. This is not like some, you know, motel, whatever. This is like the nicest of the nights. Well, the way that the hotel has the elevators is you have to come down and like exit in front of everyone. Like you can't just be ignored getting off the elevator. And she pushed him. And instead of like them taking this outside and like handling like adults, he faked an injury, not even oh kidding, faked an injury, fell face first. And when the doors open, there's a bellman inside. So he <laughs> knows like he pushes the elevator buttons and so he faked an injury, fell flat on his face where the doors open and acted like he couldn't move, like hurt his foot, whatever. They take him to the hospital. And I asked that bellman later, I said, I really need to know, like, did he actually fall or like, what was that? And he goes, no, ma'am. Like they literally planned it in the elevator to, instead of acting like they had a fight, they were going to act like he had this fall I don't even know what? it was so dramatic yes that's so he went so to the hospital weird. that's yeah people are interesting <laughs> yeah but we had to share because like I'm sure people don't realize like well I don't know maybe you do realize that people are crazy but yeah this week we have a really 
fun interview that y'all are about to listen to. And I just think that this one is such a different like world that, I mean, I had my mouth just like drop open because I, I didn't even know this was a job nonetheless, like how intense it was for a role. So yeah, we have a clubby wife. So if you don't know the term clubby, if you're not in the baseball industry, it is basically an equipment manager for baseball, for professional baseball. And they have home clubbies and away clubbies. And it's not like equipment managers, at least in our end of the world, we have equipment managers and equipment staff that travel to all games. Their their equipment managers are basically just for home or just for away. And so she kind of explains all of that and all of the work that goes into it. It is crazy. I mean, it's a big time job because the whole staff is basically depending on them to have everything organized and ready and just basically thinking one step ahead of whatever the player or the coach or the staff is needing and being ready. Um, so y'all will enjoy this episode and we will see y'all on the other side of this episode. Hi, we are so excited to have a special guest here. We love this type of the week because it is another wonderful interview. So we're going to toss it on over to her and let her introduce herself. Hi. So I'm Deanne Melnick. I live in the Washington, D.C. area, and my husband, Andrew, is a home side clubby for the Nationals baseball team. So we've been together now for since 2015, so like six years-ish, and I love listening to y'all's podcasts and thought it might be an interesting topic to chat about. So yeah, we're super excited. We've never had anyone talk about being a clubby. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners are like, what does a clubby mean? So will you go (laughs) ahead and explain what that means to all of them? Yeah. So people ask me all the time because he was like, oh yeah, your husband works for the nationals. What does he do? And so it's an immediate question and it goes into a long thing, but The short answer is he kind of handles everything on the home side clubhouse. So everything from equipment to uniforms to random tasks. And then he also handles the umpire room. So he handles their locker room and all their equipment and stuff going from place to place. So that's kind of a general overview. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot more to that. (laughs) Like that is that is a wonderful summary because even for me, I I had no idea that that was the name of the title. I knew that that was a job, but I did not know that was the name. So I want to know basically why and how did he get into this role? Did he just love baseball? And also, (laughs) also I want I also want you to dive into how did he tell you this that this was his job? Yeah, so he actually got into it. Baseball was not his first love. Like he is a hockey hockey fan, hockey player. Like he played in college, a small school, and then still plays rec league even today. He had a game last night. So he still loves it. When he graduated from college, he had a sports management degree and he knew he didn't really want to do ticket sales. That was kind of the only thing. It's like, I want something on a different part of sports. And he interviewed for jobs. And if you know anything about sports management degrees and first jobs out of college, a lot of times it's, oh, we can offer you part-time or you know, you can do ticket sales and work your way into something else, or it's just, it's tough. It's very tough to get into. And he kind of just lucked into a situation, right place, right time, started working for them towards the end of a season, like part-time, and then went on full-time during the off season because they needed somebody local. So it was really just a situation of being in the right place at the right time. And he's been there for 16 years now. So I guess it's stuck. <laughs> 
Wow, that is so crazy. He kind of just kind of stumbled upon this career. Yeah. And obviously he loves it because 16 years is a really long time yeah. to be in a job. <laughs> and it, it is. And you know, that's the one thing I can say. Sure, there's things that are hard about the job. It's, you know, a lot of time we don't spend, we don't get to spend together. But I can say like wholeheartedly, I'm so grateful to have a husband who has a job he loves, you know, because I feel like there's so many people that go to work every day and just hate it. And he really does love what he does, you know, and it's, it's cool to see. And I know he's a really hard worker, so it's just a good fit for him. But as far as like me knowing about his job, we actually kind of met a long time ago, 2009, we met like very randomly at a charity happy hour with mutual friends. And like, I didn't really pay that much attention to him. We didn't really connect. And then a year later, we like randomly were at the same place, same time again, and became Facebook friends. And our first like date was I was in DC. I lived in Texas at the time and I was back in DC visiting some friends and going to a hockey game and my friend got sick. And so I was going by myself and just happened to post on Facebook, like, Hey, is anybody going to the game? And we ended up hanging out and did long distance for two years. It was like just instant. So I kind of already knew sort of what he did. I mean, I knew he worked for the baseball team and then we actually talked a lot in our first weeks of dating because we were long distance. So we talked a lot about like what our life looks like and what, you know, our day to day is. And I'm in real estate. So my job is also not a standard nine to five Monday through Friday. And I think it actually works really well for us because the times when I'm often busy evenings and weekends, he is too. So we're able to hang out on a random Tuesday morning a lot of times, whereas most couples probably aren't. That is such a cool story that you guys ended up just mm -hmm. randomly hanging out like at the <laughs> hockey game. I just love oh, yeah. that. I think that's so cool. Okay, so you guys have a bunch of different things going on, crazy schedules. Can you talk to us a little bit about like what his schedule is? Because he is just the homestand clubby <laughs> and they do have away game ones. So what does that look like for him? Yeah, so the way baseball is, it's kind of unique from any other sport. Like a lot of teams have an equipment staff that completely travels, like everyone goes to every game. And baseball really doesn't do that because they have such a long season. It's 160 something games. So they kind of split the duties between a home side and visiting side clubhouse. And the visiting side would take care of any team that comes in. So it's a little different. He handles the home side. So he rarely, rarely travels, which is kind of nice because where most people in baseball hate away games. I love, you know, I love them and I hate home stands. So it's just completely different. But the thing a lot of people I think don't realize is like, if, let's say you have a noon game. He's there at eight o'clock in the morning to like start getting everything ready for the day's game. And then when the game is over, he's usually there for another few hours to get everything, you know, wrapped up. So if it's a noon or one o'clock game, he gets home. Best case scenario, let's say dinner time. Four o'clock game, he usually has to be there by noon and gets home around maybe 10 or 11. And then on a standard like night game, he goes to work around two and gets home at two, three in the morning. So it's random and it's usually those seven to 10 day homestands are just brutal, like back, you know, nonstop. And we actually had an interesting season this year because the Nats, as many people know, started off with some COVID cases. And so they actually kind of had people covering double duty because they had a few of their staff that were out in quarantine, not necessarily with COVID, but they were just exposed. And so the visiting side wasn't letting other people in. And so home side had to cover. And so I think he worked like 160 hours the first two weeks of the season, which is crazy. But, you know, the off season, they don't really work that much. You know, November, December, they're pretty much off work. And so it's kind of nice to be able to have that, especially around the holidays, like family time and everything. And 
I think that's, you know, a trade off, obviously. Listening to you, I just feel like you're so calm, cool and collected. And I don't know if I'd (laughs) be like that. But it took six years to get there. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was about to ask. So in the beginning, what was your mentality? Were you just kind of hit in the face? So the the funny thing about that is we started dating in the off season. So I, I had his attention all the time, all day, every day. You know, we would talk for hours. He didn't go to work. So whenever I was wanting to call him, I could talk to him for two or three hours. And the first spring training we went through, he's in Florida for spring training. And I felt like the first week of spring training, I talked to him like 20 minutes collectively. Like it was always like, Hey babe, good to, you know, chat with you. I got to go do this. I'm got to go. So it was really tough. And honestly, it was probably the first, like, I wouldn't say a fight in our relationship, but it was the first moment that I was like, Holy cow, can I do this? Like, this is tough. And I kind of just was like, what is happening? And he was like, you know, we started dating the off season. That's how my off season is. And then this is how, this is how spring training is. And so we had a lot of really good conversations. I think about it once things calmed down a little bit where it was like, okay, you know, this is how things are. And, you know, I understand because like for us in real estate, spring is a crazy busy time. At the time I was working with the office that worked with a lot of rentals and our rental season gets super busy in like May, June, because that's when kids graduate and start their first job, get their first place on their own. And so we just, you know, we had a similar kind of rush season. And so just figuring that out and learning how to balance and make time for each other, I guess. Yeah, I feel like it's all about balance with with different relationships in the sports industry. You have to figure out that right balance for you. But Okay. So you're in, in, you're in real estate. Were you always in real estate? That was kind of what you wanted to do from the get-go. It's kind of weird. I, I lucked into real estate also, actually, I have a kind of a sports background. I worked out of college for a sports agent. So I was on the agency and management side and I loved the marketing. I loved like the endorsement deals and all that part of our job, but I hated recruiting. And so I was just like, this just isn't fun to me. I don't see this being my lifelong career. And so I had a friend that was working for a builder and she's like, I think you'd be good at this. And that's where, that's how I got into real estate. So I did, I worked for a builder for a couple of years. I got my real estate license and then, you know, been doing that pretty much ever since. I love it because every day is different. You know, it's, it's not something where you go to work at nine to five and you just know what your day is going to be like. Yes. The world does one hundred percent throw you curveballs sometimes, but you know, the longer in the business, the more you just learn to roll with it and, kind of don't get too high with the highs or too low with the lows and just know it all evens out. Yeah, that makes sense. Does he ever, or do clubbies ever like move to different teams or what does that look like? Yes, sometimes. I know actually one of their staff members left this year and went to, I want to say the Braves. I could be wrong about that, but they did move to a new team. It's fairly rare because the Nats actually have a fairly large staff on the clubhouse side, but most teams typically have like, three to five guys on home, couple of guys on visiting, and then a lot of like fall boys or seasonal help and that kind of thing. So like, there's not a lot of room for upward mobility, I guess, really only like two management jobs above him and then travel secretary, which is kind of that same vertical, but not really doing the same thing at all. So there's not a whole lot of movement from team to team, because when there's openings above, usually they fill in from below. 
That's good to know because, you know, in, in our industry, you move constantly. So yeah. you're moving like all the time. And I think that's such an interesting um, perspective of like how different it is. I yeah. think though that you have to really like the people that you're working with yeah. and nobody else <laughs> ever moves. So how is your community? Do you hang out with the players and their families? Do you hang out with the coaches? Do you all have your own squad? <laughs> <laughs> to me, that's probably the hardest thing about being on staff because you don't really fit in with anyone. Like your job is super unique. It's very low level in the sense of realistically, like in the baseball hierarchy or the pyramid of importance, like clubhouse staff is pretty low. But the unique thing about it is because they don't move, like I feel like clubbies actually become a resource for a lot of people because it's like, where's this restaurant or where's the best place to go for this or whatever. And surprisingly, they know a lot of stuff because a lot of times they've been there like forever. And so it's a very tight knit. I think, you know, the, the guys all hang out, but we don't really hang out with them outside of work at all. It's more like a traditional job in which you hang out with your work people at work and then you go home and you have your own personal life. So for me, I think that was the biggest adjustment. And the hardest thing is because I'm dealing with all of these things that sports wives deal with, you know, I deal with travel, I deal with long hours, I deal with all these things, but I don't really fit in with the people that also deal with that. And my regular friends definitely don't get it. So they don't understand why we can't go to weddings in June. Like I've been to now, I think five solo weddings. My best friend got married last weekend. My husband was not there. So those kinds of things I think are probably the biggest adjustment is trying to figure out how to be around because, you know, we go to games every now and then. And when in 2019, when the Nats won the World Series, it was really cool because there were some things like that we got included on, which we never do. So like we got to travel to an away game. And then also for like the when we clinched to go to the World Series, we got to go down on the field, which is definitely not something like clubhouse staff ever gets to do. So that was or we're not spouses or significant others. So that was really unique and special because, you know, that's something that might only happen ever once in your life. That's so interesting. I did not know that about that staff. Like I felt like they would be included in all the things and you know, you never really know. You just assume, I guess, from the outside looking in. And I know that they get like lots of crazy people and crazy requests. (laughs) Okay. So baseball players are really superstitious and I played softball. I was, I still am really superstitious. You can ask (laughs) Ashley, I make her move all the way around like the football stadium (laughs) if we're not doing well. So is there anything that's like off the wall crazy that he's been asked to get a player or coach or anybody? First thing that's really funny when we started dating, he told me, he's like, I'm so glad that you don't like baseball. And I was like, well, I mean, I love sports, but baseball is not my sport. And I've always thought it was kind of slow. Like I really like hockey. I grew up in Texas. I'm a football lover. Like it's, it was not my, on my list of sports I would ever even go to unless my friends are going. But (laughs) he told me, he's like, I really love that about you because you're, you will never ask me anything that I can't tell you or don't want to tell you. And yeah, it's one thing I will say about him. Like he's super loyal. He is like very hush hush when it comes to a lot of things, but I know there's been times where like guys didn't wash certain things or like there was certain stuff that they're like, Oh, you can't move this or I need this. And I mean, there's definitely a lot of that that goes on. And I think now that he's kind of moved over to the umpires, he doesn't deal with that as much. He's that's more his primary focus, but I know he's certainly had some interesting requests and it's crazy too, because you don't think about it, but they become like almost a concierge sometimes for people. So it's like, 
hey, I need my car washed or can you go get my oil changed or while we're on the road, can you like get this, take my car to get it serviced or whatever. And it's like, you don't think about that as being part of your job description. It kind of isn't, but that's how they build rapport. And that's how they, you know, have those relationships that are like lifelong in some cases for, for their jobs. So. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. Like, I feel like some of those people, I mean, I know that they probably take care of him and they treat him mm-hmm. very well, but I, I feel like they probably also take advantage in some respect because that's what they've had their whole lives yeah. and it's not their fault. They're not trying to be mean or, you know, they just like, they're used to it. And so I just was wondering if there was any time that he's like, I had to go and like, do something crazy and drive this person's car around or you know I think most of the time just from the parts that I do know I know that there's been some guys that are like incredibly gracious and really do take care of their clubhouse guys because they know like they know it's a grind the thing about baseball I think that's so challenging that people don't realize is that like you know I told you the hours he has to be at work but if it's a rain delay if it's extra innings if it's you know baseball is the only sport that doesn't really have a time limit like it can go on forever and they can wait two hours to call a game and all that stuff happens. And, you know, when they call the game, the players go home, but when they call the game, that means the clubby start working and they have to clean uniforms for the next day. And they have to deal with this and there's mud on pants because the game did start and it was raining. And so there's just a lot that goes into it behind the scenes. And I think, especially baseball, I feel like a lot of the players are just like super grateful and gracious and they do take care of the guys for sure. I mean, I know there's been some, really sweet gifts that he's been given in the past and things like that, which is like really unique. So that's good to hear. We're going to create a clubby significant other group. I feel like because we need to get, I would love to know everyone that's in this job. (laughs) Yeah. We need to get you like your own little crew. Like you have like a little squad. I feel there has to be like so many, I mean, Oh yeah. Yeah. So many. I'm sure there's other people that feel that way too, you know, and that's kind of why we created this whole community in the first place because it doesn't really matter what your significant other's job title is. Like we all go through a lot of the same things, no matter yep. what sport or anything like that. So you're welcome here, but we'll find you your own little crew too. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, I will say there's definitely been like a few like coaches' wives or player wives even that, you know, have seen me at games and like, obviously we still sit in the family section. So there's like an area where it's like, obviously you're with someone that's with the team because you don't just sit there otherwise. And so there's been a few that have been super like nice and, you know, kind of taking me under their wing. Just, we went, there was a couple of years ago, we went to the Mets home opener. And so one cool thing about DC is when we travel to New York, we take Amtrak because it's quicker and they get an entire train. So the entire team goes on the train, no one else is on that train. And so, because they have so much space, like families usually go. So New York is always a fun time. Plus it's a fun city. So to go on that trip is really neat. The last time we went, there was a couple of coaches' wives that were like, noticed I was kind of by myself because I didn't really know it. And was like, no, no, come with us, come with us. So that was nice because it was, you know, I don't feel like anyone's ever been mean to me by any means, but uh, it certainly is just like a different, there's not a lot of people that, that deal with the exact same thing that staff does. Yeah, I think it's so interesting because I feel like we have interviewed so many different sports and it is this weird separation due to like job titles. Like there's like different groups of people and no one makes it that way. It's just like naturally happens. (laughs) And so I think that that's great that you had a couple of uh, people reach out and say, come on over because that I mean, we would always do that if we see anybody that's hanging out by themselves. I want to know where he goes during the games. Where does he sit? So it really depends. Like now I think he is in the umpire room a lot more than he used to be. 
So one of the really funny things about when I officially moved here, so I moved to DC in 2017 and a lot of my friends that I knew from before and like different people I knew, know, you know, they knew I was moving here and they knew Andrew works for the Nets. Well, once they like started seeing pictures of him on social media, they would start sending me pictures of him when they would see him on TV for games or see him at the game or see him, like they would just send a picture and like circle it. Like I couldn't <laughs> see him in photo. So it's always like a game of where's Waldo. It's like, oh, I saw Andrew at the game. And I was like, so sometimes he's in the dugout. Sometimes he's in like the tunnel that goes down during COVID. A lot of times he was in the stands because they didn't actually have ball boys. So he was kind of doing double duty, just doing all kinds of stuff to help out because they had to keep certain separation. So it's a multitude of places. I mean, it's, it's always interesting. There's when I've taken friends to games, it's really funny because he'll want to like come up and say hi, but I never know when it's going to be. And it's inevitably when we go to the bathroom or go to the bathroom. <laughs> He'll text me. He's like, where are you? I'm like, I just left for a second. And he's like, I'm going to go back down. I'll see you later. That's so funny. So what was the hardest thing that you feel you had to like give up for this lifestyle? Or what's something that you're, that you had to sacrifice for him and his job? I mean, I moved. <laughs> that was, that was the biggest, I would say, because I had, you know, I had a really well-established real estate business in Dallas. I had, you know, all of my friends and family are in Texas and I had lived in DC before, which is how we met. But when I moved, I swore I was never coming back here. You know, I was like, Texas is home forever will be. I love Texas. I love my family. I have the best friends there. And making the decision to move here was surprisingly easier than I thought it would be. Because, you know, when you're with the right person, it just changes everything and your outlook on life. But starting over my real estate business was hard. I mean, it was trying to get my licenses DC is unique because most people here are licensed in DC, Virginia, and Maryland. So it's three separate tests, bunch of classes. It's a lot. So it was, you know, a process. And the one thing I will say is that I think I did it right in that we started talking about me moving probably about a year and a half before I moved because we just were like, where are we at in our relationship? Where is this going? You know, are we really doing this? And if so, like, what does that look like down the road? And I think it helps, you know, we were a little bit later in life to start that process. I wasn't like 21, you know, just getting started again. So we kind of prepared, I guess, in advance a little more and it's been great. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it differently for the world for sure. I feel like when you move from somewhere that you've been established your entire life and then you do all of those things, you're like, oh wait, like I'm, I'm leaving, I'm doing all these things. (laughs) So how was your family and your friends with all that? Um, I mean, it helps that they all love him and they know like, he's just such a good person. I think that's, you know, like above and beyond, like, you know, when you meet a person that's like super genuine, you're like, that person is just a good person. That's, I think all my family and friends could see that. And so they kind of got it, I guess. My parents hate that I'm far away, obviously, especially this past year, I didn't see them for 16 months. So that was really, really tough, but they love him and they love that we're together. And I think that, you know, helps. My best friend to this day is like praying that a job opens up for the Rangers so that we can move back to Dallas. <laughs> but, you know, his family's all here. And that honestly really helped a lot for me was having a support system here as far as his family and friends are concerned. You know, there's a lot of people that are from here that he knows. That's good. I feel like you have to have at least somebody in the area that you can lean on and kind yeah. of gets it. And I'm sure his family definitely gets it. 
since he's been in it for like 16 years. It's a long time. <laughs> I mean, and it's funny you say that, but I feel like some of them do. And some of them still don't really understand. Like, why are you missing this? Like, you know, cousins, graduations or birthday parties or whatever. And it's like, oh no, I can't go to that. It's like, well, why not? Like, because I have work, like it's not. And they're like, well, can't you just take off? I'm like, no, no, you cannot take off. Like maybe for a family wedding for one game, you can take off. But if it's like an out of town wedding, that means you're going to miss half a homestand or, you know, most of it. So you're not going to be able to do that. So those are the things like some people get it. Some people just probably never will. I know. I think we'll forever be repeating ourselves. So I've come to the conclusion. <laughs> I still repeat myself to like my best friends. I'm like, I don't, yeah. I don't really know how many different ways I can say this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I mean, the nice thing is like, for me, I'm pretty independent and it doesn't mean that I can't go because of something, you know, it's like, probably I'm not going to go to some of his distant family stuff without him, but Like if it's a friend's birthday party, that's a mutual friend of ours, I'm still going because, you know, I don't have to go to the games when he's there, obviously. And I usually only go to a few a year because it's just, you know, coincides with my busy season too. So what does your off season look like? You guys get to spend all your time together and then he gets like a certain period off or what does that look like? So it's interesting because uh, baseball season ends, well, depending on when you're in or out of the playoffs or whatever, anywhere from end of September to end of October. Uh, We did it real good in 2019 when we were getting married because we ended our season at the latest you could possibly end a season because the Nats won the World Series. And we had the parade and we had the White House visit and we had all this stuff that lasted, you know, two more weeks at least. Usually the season is a couple weeks. They are still there doing work after the season, but then they're done. And so we weren't really done with baseball until like mid-November that year. And our wedding was December 7th. So we basically went straight into wedding mode after that, trying to just get everything last minute done. We got married in Texas. So we drove down there. So that was like a whole process. And then we came back, went back for Christmas, went on our honeymoon for two weeks, and then he left for spring training. So it was a real short off season, but like the best off season. But in general, Usually he's done around like end of October and then he's home November, December, and most of January. He usually goes in like maybe one day a week or one day every couple of weeks if like they get a shipment of something in that needs to be sorted or cataloged or they do inventory to like see what they have for the next year. They'll pack the trucks for spring training. They'll pack a truck usually sometime in December and that'll be like a whole day thing. And then they just go down there and then he leaves like usually last week of January to go to Florida. Wow. Do you get to go to spring training at all? Do you travel down a little bit? I have. I didn't last year or the year before because of COVID. There was just too many protocol changes and I wasn't really sure. It was like one thing that's super interesting is that his brother actually is a visiting side clubby. So they room together at spring training. So usually they have an apartment and they didn't really know their housing situation until pretty late this year. And they just weren't sure, like, can guests come? Do they have to be tested? What's what's the scoop? So we actually had a new puppy. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stay home this year. So that was the longest I hadn't seen him since we started dating. Like, two months was, you know, a really long time. But You didn't want to bunk with your brother-in-law? <laughs> I'll share it. I have before. So, and the puppy. Like I said, I... I usually go down a couple of times during spring training to just hang out with him for a few days. I mean, it's in Florida and it's much warmer there than DC this time of year. You know, like February, March is, can be pretty brutal up here. I'm not used to the snow. So 
I like to go to Florida and, you know, my eventual goal is to get my real estate business where I can just leave for two months and have a team that's helping me out on the ground here or like do the opposite where I'm staying there and coming back here a couple of times. Cause it is a slower time. I mean, February and March, well, not really March, but February for sure can be kind of slow in real estate. So if I can take that opportunity to spend more time with him, of course, like Florida is a better place to do it. Are y'all experiencing the housing market craziness? And that's one thing, like we kind of kick ourselves a little bit, especially me being in the industry. Cause we live in a condo, which we, which he owns, like he's had for a long time, but it's small. And you know, we want to move into something a little bit bigger. We have a lab, so they're not exactly the best dogs for condo, <laughs> but our plan was to do that in the 2019 off season. And that just didn't really happen with everything we had going on. Cause our off season didn't start until like super late. And so we just didn't. And then the pandemic happened and there was just so much going on last year. It was like, we need to figure out, like we need to reconfigure and see what's going on. But the market here has just gotten so insane. Like there's definitely people paying hundreds of thousands of dollars over asking and waiving inspections. And, you know, I would say like for me being a realtor, I actually feel pretty comfortable waiving inspections because I've been through so many of them. I feel like I have a pretty good handle on finding out what's going on with the house, but paying a hundred thousand dollars cash over value is not something I'm willing to do. So it hurts me on the inside. (laughs) (laughs) There's a house near us the other day that sold for like 400 and something thousand over asking. And I was just like, that's absurd. I mean, I'm sorry. It's, it's already expensive here. So like, what did these people do? That's what I wanted. I always wonder, I'm like, what do you do that you can give that much in cash over asking? There's, I will say like DC, I think as far as places in the country, it's one of the most expensive housing markets. Like it's usually up there with San Francisco and New York, Manhattan area. So it's usually in the top three. We live in a suburb, but we live in not the cheap suburbs. So it's kind of tough because, you know, where the baseball stadium is in DC is a very like up and coming area that's actually turned into, I think Forbes called it like the coolest neighborhood in the US a couple of years ago. And it is awesome, but it's really a lot of dense multifamily housing. So condos and apartments and rentals. So it's not really the best place to raise a family because you don't really have a lot of space. And if you go out into the suburbs there, it's not necessarily the greatest school systems. And a lot of the areas just aren't super developed. So we're like the other side of DC and it's not a cheap area to live. And so you know, there's a lot of family money. You know, a lot of my clients will, will come to me and say, oh, you know, my family's gifting me X amount for our down payment. And it's like a crazy <laughs> amount that I can't even think about. So it's just different. I and mean, it's not a, it's not, it's not like what I was used to in Texas. Yeah. We'll keep our fingers crossed for the Rangers for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we want to ask you one more question. So if you were to go back in time and tell your younger self something when you're just starting out in this journey, or maybe somebody that maybe a clubby, their wife or significant other is just starting out in this journey, what would you say about this whole baseball experience? Something I would say I kind of learned from my husband is just to have patience. That is not my strong suit by any means. And he is like the definition of calm. And it's, it's amazing to me that he remains so even keeled in just whatever situation is going on. I mean, I very rarely see him get flustered by anything and I'm complete opposite. So I have found myself really in the last couple of years, like take a beat, you know, just take a minute, realize that there are certain things that are out of your control and out of his control. And you have to have trust. Like you have to just trust that uh, whatever things are happening is, you know, 
the right thing at that right time. And, you know, for me, I always trust that he's doing whatever it is. It's in the best interest of our family. You know, like what's what he has to do. It may be work late. It may be going in on a day when he thought he wasn't going to have to go in, which happens fairly frequently during the season. And I used to get upset about it because I'm just like, oh, you know, I had these plans and we were going to do this. I mean, there were so many times that we first started dating when we were traveling to see each other that actually the first time I went to New York, I was coming to DC for my birthday. And they were like, oh, by the way, we need you to go on this trip. And he wasn't planning on going on it. He found out like a week in advance. And, you know, I could have been really upset and been like, I had these plans. I was coming to see you. And he's just like, why don't you just call Southwest and see what it would be to change your flight to New York and come here instead. And so it actually worked out great. And instead of taking the time to get upset about something, it was like, just pause, take a beat and, you know, know that things will work out the way they're supposed to. No, that's wonderful advice. I'm definitely the frazzled one. <laughs> yeah, I need to take a page out of that book because <laughs> no. <laughs> <I do. laughs> no, that's wonderful. We appreciate you sharing all of your knowledge. I feel way more informed and I have a whole new appreciation for the clubby role, role, I'm sorry. And I think that, you know, it's just so informative for all of our listeners as well, just yeah. to have a whole new appreciation. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, I think those guys work really hard and they, they are in the background so often you don't really know kind of what they do. And it's just interesting to see that life, I guess. Okay. So if we have any clubby significant others out there that are <laughs> wanting a group, let them know where they can find you. Yeah. So the easiest way to find me is Instagram. My Instagram handle is at the sports 007. That is a nod to my first career foray into wanting to work as a sports agent. So the sports 007 and my real estate Instagram is life in MoCo at life in MoCo. Awesome. And we will tag all of that in the show notes, but thank you to everyone that's listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on more than a season podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at more than a season podcast for the latest updates. If you enjoyed this episode, please download, subscribe, or leave us a review on your choice of platform. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.